Greetings everyone. I am Sandhya Acharya and you are listening to Vibha Connection, a podcast for everyone in the Vibha family produced by the Vibha Bay Area team. With campaigns like Sarva Shiksha Abhiyan and the passing of the Right to Education Act, India has in recent years made great strides in education. As per the annual state of education report Asar report by Pratham 95% of school age children are enrolled in school note that 66% of the school enrollment is in government schools but still there are gaps in our learning outcomes that need to be addressed while primary school enrollment is high secondary school enrollment is at around 75% Nationwide drop rates are at 23% in primary and rising to 55% in secondary education. And as per the annual state of education the Asar report only 6.7% standard 2 children enrolled in government schools could read at their level and only 44% kids in 5th grade could read text at a second grade level. We have the infrastructure to bring the child to school. The question is how to keep that child in school it all boils down to how do you keep the child engaged in school and equally how do you keep the teachers and community engaged to keep that child in school this is the crux of what sikshana a key project that vibha supports has been trying to solve since its inception in 2001 Sikshana realized early that to bring about a wide impact to bring about a truly equitable impact they needed to use the already wide machinery in place they needed to work with the wide network of government schools in india here's es ramamurthy the founder of sikshana talking about how it all began if you don't have these three essentials a, a dedicated teacher a motivated child and a good environment i don't think there's going to be ever a efficient delivery of the educational content to the children as sikshana was embarking on its own journey vibha was looking to support projects that were scalable and replicable that they could grow with sikshana was a perfect fit When Vibha started supporting Sikshana in 2006 it was at 15 schools. They both recognized the need to take this program to rural schools. After all 75% of schools in India are in rural areas. It made sense. The next year Sikshana expanded to 30 schools, then 100, then 300. It expanded to two districts in 2010 and in 2017 Sikshana with Vibha's partnership entered into an MOU with the state of Karnataka it was adopted as a model in all the government schools in Karnataka today sikshana is in over 50000 schools in multiple states in india impacting over 3 million students i am excited to have with us today prasanna vadiyar ceo of sikshana He has been with Sikshana since 2007 and has led it through its phenomenal growth. 
We also have Scotland Marima, Project Manager of Sikshana from Vibha, who has been instrumental especially in working with the government in different states of India to introduce and expand Sikshana. Welcome Prasanna and Scotland. So excited to have you both here. I am looking forward to talking more about Sikshana. Um, so before we begin, Prasanna, I wanted to uh, tell you, I remember I was on the grants team with Vibha in 2010, I think. And we were working on a big grant at that time. And if I remember right, Sikshana at that point was in under about 400 schools. And we were talking about something like a tipping point. And if I remember right, at that time, it was supposed to be 1,000 schools. And since then, every time I read about Sikshana, I'm always inspired by this next milestone you have hit. And you've just become a roaring success. Sikshana has become such a roaring success, um, well past that tipping point that we had in mind at that point. And now I think we are at Sikshana is at 50,000 plus schools, if I'm not mistaken. So kudos to you both to being so involved in such an amazing initiative. So uh, I always feel inspired to read about Sikshana. So I'm hoping that my um, you know, passion for this comes through and your passion more, more than mine comes through and um, our listeners will end up feeling inspired too. Um, at the end of this episode. Um, so, you know, I told you a little bit about my introduction to Sikshana, but I would love our listeners to learn about your individual journeys into Sikshana. When and how did you buy into the Sikshana philosophy? How did it all evolve for you? And we can start with Prasanna and uh, go to Scotland after that. Yeah, thanks, Sandhya. Uh, thanks for having me. I think it's a uh... Wonderful that you started off with that nice memories, you know, from those years, you know, looks, I mean, it feels like a long, long time ago, but it's just 11 years. So, but it's, it's been a great journey uh, since then, but you're right. I mean, so for me, the journey started a little earlier than that, right? So um, for me, it, it started like, as just like a Viba thing. I mean, I saw Shikshana as a, from a donor's point of view. So we started funding Shikshana back in 2003 when they were in about 15 schools, if I remember, city schools. And uh, we they were looking for some help, uh, you know, for teacher support and, you know, the, the usual thing that, that used to happen in those days. So uh, got involved in that and then I started doing the annual visit, just like you know, we were volunteers do. And uh, for that was the first time I entered a government school. Uh, with uh, Mr. Ramurthy, who was the founder of us, our organization. And it was just uh, amazing to see. I, I, I had my own small NGO back in Austin, uh, Texas. Right? And then we were funding mostly non-government initiatives. We were like, government is useless. We should never <laughs> get me anywhere close to them. Uh, let us stay away from them and create alternate universe and all kinds of stuff. So... When we saw this, I was like, oh, this is something different. So let us look at it. And then uh, then I, I felt like there is something happening in that classroom that I was standing with, with Ramoti. And then that energy that I could feel and, you know, something that it, it told me that maybe we should really start looking at government schools and then improving them rather than trying to do something else, right? So, so we started putting more money in. And the next two years, I got more and more involved. My visits to India due to family reasons was 
was increasing and then that means i got to spend more time in, in shikshana and a uh, lot of things happening so viba was at the, at the same time was funding uh, in a larger scale the, the rural initiatives that was uh, that was shikshana was just venturing into uh, so i was well aware of viba uh, you know how they were coming in uh, and all of that and then um for me i knew that viba was pushing ramurthy to get some somebody from a management side to kind of lead and and grow the organization and things like that and here i was also trying to do the same thing and at one point ramurthy said if you think you know it's not easy to find people but if you if you think that uh, you can do i mean you know you come and and and, and i'll hand over the keys so uh, i just thought uh, thought over it and it didn't take me too long uh, to decide but then So 2007 January 1st, I decided that I'll join Chikshana full time. So I moved back from from Austin and then started running the organization. And at that time, we were just sitting at uh, around 49 schools. And then uh, the journey with Viva also started coincidentally same time because they were ready to put in more money at that point in time. And suddenly, I saw myself looking at an entire taluk or a block of schools, 128 schools, which is a huge milestone because. till that time not many ngos were operating that way they were all operating with improving a few schools and then going back with some kind of result data kind of to show to the department but we wanted to do something at at a scale where it's a unit like if you can transform a block of schools you know a unit and a taluk in this case then there is something significant every school in that taluk should have kind of you know you're not hand picking schools and making improvements type of a model right so so i don't know why viba also probably felt confident that i had joined the team and they were ready to so they were the only only donors who came in i think at that time so my first proposal actually was to the viba team so vijay was uh, on the project side on that time so that's how the journey started i mean you know you were right at when you came in we were at i was my i had a goal of doubling the size every year so as soon as i joined it became 150 then we crossed 300 and so we had a tipping point of about 1000 schools is what we were thinking of the reason was that there are 48000 schools in the state of kannada and then we thought okay until we cross about 1000 nobody will take us seriously i mean even if we show some good results right so to that extent we were thinking that's like a tipping point uh, but we needed a lot of support and that's where i think you know you guys from the found i think we used to call it found i used to call it foundation team and you, you guys call yourself something else but uh, our employee foundation the yef uh, the juniper all of them came because of efforts from from you and uh, you know anand and raj and amit so amazing so all of you guys were so involved it was like i had my own team sitting in the bay area and pitching for us so it was a that's how i got in so we will get into more details i think as we go along so i will stop here thanks it was going down memory lane for sure uh, and uh, i'm amazed to hear i didn't realize you had moved to india for shikshana uh, or maybe i knew and i had forgotten but just to remember that is pretty inspiring in itself you you were completely brought in bought into the philosophy from day one <laughs> no not fully because i wanted to commit like one year then ramurthy said one year is too short I and mean, you cannot expect it to happen in one year you give me two years at least then if you think that this is not for you you can go back so i said okay i but i'll measure myself every year and make sure that i am doing something useful i mean 
Otherwise, I can go back and give the money, which is probably. I I wanted to make sure that by getting in, I'm not going to. I will be adding more value. Is what I was still looking at, right? So, but the two years <laughs> became right, going on. What an amazing journey! Fifteenth <laughs> year uh, already. Yeah. Uh, wonderful to hear that Vibha has been a partner for you from that from those beginning days. Um, and Scotland, I would love to for you to add and tell us how was your journey. Were you there from the uh, from that time? When did you come in, and what was your introduction to Sikshana? Okay, so I joined uh, Vibha in two thousand sixteen, and when I joined, uh, I never knew that. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be monitoring uh, Sikshana. In fact, uh, for a couple of weeks uh, in Dubai, uh, when we used to have uh, the operational calls, uh, there there was my colleague Deepika who was uh, focusing a lot uh, on Sikshana, and I, in fact, I I was so ignorant that I thought this is a project that was happening uh, somewhere in Pune. Of course, even today they have a project in pune but not funded by viva uh, so in fact little realizing that like i used to listen to the conversations uh, in the calls uh, about uh, sikshana and its work uh, but uh, i mean even before i could uh, think about it that like it fell on my lap and uh, so happened that the first visit uh, after joining viva was uh, uh, i went to sikshana for a for a visit and what Uh, really ignited uh, me was uh, this. That was the year in 2016. They started actually. Viva funded uh, or co-funded, uh, I should say, uh, the government initiative that uh, Sikshana was embarking on. Uh, so I thought that was something like very interesting for me because uh, the minute I I just uh, I knew that uh, that. Shikshana is going to work with government. I thought, like, okay, this is a good project because uh, I knew that there were many other projects that are uh, working in isolation and working on their ideas, and they wanted to. Uh, they were not even thinking of scaling it up or like working along with the government because I know for sure by then, like, unless you work with the government, projects cannot be scaled. So it, for me, it was it, it so happened. I never wasted a minute after that. uh so it's like i thought even before uh, they started the complete rollout in uh, in uh, karnataka i started taking initiatives in andhra pradesh uh, and later in a year in tamil nadu so what was what really like gelled and especially like um, you know, many people in vibha say that uh, scotland is a sikshana employee so to that extent uh, you know i know what prisoner dreams were like uh, This is I know, and I understood. Like, no, he firmly believed that he was the only organization who, uh, who said that. Like, after some years, we should not exist. So I really liked that, and I thought, like, okay, I okay, this is the kind of organization that uh, we should uh, partner in more states, and that's how, like, we are today at least uh, in five. I mean, I think uh, we have together. We are in five states uh, or six states. Uh, uh, and that's very inspiring you touched upon a very important aspect that uh, prasanna alluded to also in the beginning which is working with the government and it's it's a it takes a mindset or it takes a while to get to that mindset right because we always think about think of okay how do we improve education let's build a school you know or do something uh, external 
which is unfortunately limited to a fewer number of children. But what um, I think, Prasanna, what you saw or you uh, visualized at that point when you joined was this solution reaching the masses. And Scotland, this is what you've been working on. I can hear the passion in your voice in terms of, you know, working with the government and making Sikshana or making a model like this available to multiple states. So it impacts more children, right? So it's uh, really inspiring. Um, do you have any anecdotes or, um, you know, things that you've learned about as you worked with the government, any misconceptions that were cleared, uh, challenges that you still face, any learnings um, that you would have? Maybe we'll start with you, Scotland, and then we can go to Prasanna for this one. Okay. Uh, so I think, uh, in fact, uh, in 2016, I mean, like in 2001 was the last time that I ever stepped into the education department in uh, India. Um, because uh, I, some, I mean, everybody said, uh, um, I mean, the organization, there are, like while working with the government, there are two things I learned in 2001 when I was just out of college and doing my uh, first or second project uh, in the sector. Uh, the non-profit, a corrupt non-profit and a corrupt uh, uh, you know, government um, uh, system work well. But in case, if the nonprofit is very, very transparent, then it's hard to work with. Uh, that, these are the things that I had at that point in time. And in fact, after that, I chose not to work with government at all. And, and, that, and in fact, after coming to Viba and after, um, you know, visiting Sikshna in 2016, I said, this is the thing, my time, like, you know, where I knew Viba uh, as an organization which is known for its transparency and... Uh, uh, Sikshna share, share the same values where they want to give that idea that uh, they have incubated for so many years in Karnataka. And uh, uh, the first thing um, which I uh, which I would uh, like, you know, wherever I go, whichever government, no matter who the bureaucrat is, who the government is, I know for sure like we are we are reaching or we are approaching the government with no vested interest. So that is one thing that government really, like no matter who, whether they are corrupt or not, or I, I mean, like, you know, they really love to work with people who, who work with them with no vested interest. So I think that was, I, I never did. The Vibab banding helped me. That is, and the, since uh, Sikshna shared the same values, I think that ignited. I didn't do any, I mean, in fact, honestly, I never make any effort. I work in any MOU with the state government. I meet the decision makers hardly for two minutes. In a, I mean, for only less than two minutes. So the decision, uh, maybe the later on, the once they are uh, in that two minutes, then once they make up the decision, then they will call for a presentation and all that thing takes. Take, they always say that this is time consuming. For me, government in the last few years has worked more faster than any other system. So I, I'm sure like, you know, uh, Prasanna would also echo the same thing, but definitely till date in all the five states, both Viba and Sikshana is looked up. Uh, I mean, I would like it, I mean, like, you know, they, they know for sure, like this is one of, I mean, we are more than a million organization in, uh, in India, but today we are able to crack these states just because of the simple reason we go there and they know for sure like both these organizations are there for the children and for nothing else. 
Yeah, that's that's wonderful to hear. So it's clear that the desire to make a difference, to help, and you know, do something is there in the government sector, in spite of you know misunderstandings and misconceptions that people may have. It's just we have to reach out, and this is evidence that it actually works. Prasanna, do you have um, something to add from your experience? Yeah, so um, I'll just probably go down to a classroom, right? And then, and, and because government means it's massive. We are talking about, for example, in Karnataka alone, our program covers about 1.8 lakh teachers. It's massive. So, but now if I get into one specific classroom or with a, one specific teacher, I think our interactions with them is what uh, kind of uh, helped me firm up my belief in, in working with the government. Because as long as we see government as one big entity without giving, you know, acknowledging that there are actually people just like you and me who are part of the government, we, we cannot work with them because it will appear always like that government one big thing which nobody likes. But the minute you open it up and see that there are actually people, everyday common people who go out every day, try to do their best. And I mean, they have a job, they have to do that. And they go in and day in and day out, a thankless job. I mean, they, they just go, go about doing it. But the more and more I started interacting with the teachers, I think that is where it actually formed up my belief that I cannot quit this working with the government because I should work for that one teacher, you know, that who, who was taking two buses or three buses actually from, from Dorbalapur from North Bangalore, coming to Kanakpura, you know, changing buses and ensuring that he... He's there at 10.30 in the morning and then open up the school, stay with the kids, do his best and then, you know, return. So, for me, that school in, you know, in Kanakpura, Wadarelli, where I, I started interacting with this person, it's kind of, and I'm just saying one, there I used to visit schools five days a week. Okay, so morning till evening, I used to be in Kanakpura, it's a block, very, it's a taluk close to Bangalore, about 60 kilometers away. So there are 128 schools and through Vibha's support in that first year after I joined, we took all the schools. That means I, I could visit, pretty much visit any school. So, it, so the surprising thing is we always hear about government schools, no teachers, no children, you know, things like that. But I always used to go random visits. I would never announce that I'm coming and nobody knew who I was. I mean, you know, so I would just piggyback on one of uh, our staff motorcycles or whatever and just go out with them and just stop at random school suddenly and I just walk in and uh, introduce myself and then and, and then start. But anytime I would go, I always used to see kids are in the classroom and there is a teacher in the classroom and a transaction is happening. I mean, the teacher is teaching and, you know, so for me, there has to be something beyond. I mean, why would somebody do this? Nobody, and this is a system where absolutely no appreciation happens even if you as a government school teacher, I mean, unless you get a Nobel Prize or something, I like. I mean, yeah. there is absolute, there is no recognition. There is no such thing within the system. It's all about seniority. So you go through the motions and you, you come out of it. So those kind of interactions with the teachers, I look at government as just passionate people in the system. I, I, I can only see them now. I know that there are at least 20% or even anyway, maybe even more also of them are really there not for teaching. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, it's okay. I mean, there are so many, in every job, I think it's the same thing. It's, you know, not all of us are 
meant to be software engineers or whatever, right? I mean, we are there going through the motions and they're there going through the motions. So let us not worry about too much about, you know, every teacher should be this passionate, their Guru Brahma, Guru. I mean, all those things are nice and fine. But there are those type of teachers who are extremely passionate. There are teachers who are not so passionate. So let us leave it at that. But then let us come up with a system to understand why that is happening in the first place. And if we come up with a solution, it should not just take care of these super passionate teachers, you know, who are doing this day in and day out, but also the not so passionate ones. And ensure that if they just go through the motions, the kids can still benefit from it. So our job in Shikshana was that basically we wanted to come up with a solution which will inspire these passionate teachers, the top 20% to do go beyond and do something extraordinary. At the same time, the bottom 20% who I don't know why I'm in this profession. I'm just there in the classroom. I just blurt out whatever I'm supposed to do and I'm going to go back home. But it's okay. So as long as they say the right things in the right sequence and, and you know, there is something in that, right? So our model basically what we call as prerana, right from those days, our goal was to ensure that we leave nobody. So when we say that every child gets a quality education, it's in spite of this type of teachers or, you know, or I cannot bank on the good teachers only or the best teachers. And then what about the middle 60%? That was a really, uh, in, uh, you know, very uh, uh, interesting thing for me was because they are there. They are not as passionate. At the same time, they cannot be impassionate about their work. They are with the children. It's like their own children there, right? And now they don't know which way to go. The system is so demotivating, it's easy to go the other way, the, you know, on the negative side. It's not motivating enough to jump onto the, the passionate teacher's bandwagon. So we came up with the model should address them also. That way we have that entire 100% of the teachers. We have a, some kind of a, uh, a process for them to follow, no matter how they follow it, with how much of passion they'll do it. But as long as that is followed, then we, we can expect some kind of a positive impact on the child learning. So the focus on child learning and ensuring, so this, this for me is, is a government. Above that, there are all these bureaucrats. Uh, so we will come to all of that. So like Scotland rightly said, as long as they see that, number one, we are not a threat. That means we are not going to replace those government teachers or government systems, you know, with something different. And um, we are there not promoting ourselves. Okay. So, for us, like, I get, I used to get into trouble even with Viva also or other, other donors because they would ask me, okay, that event happened, where is the banner? There, there is no banner, there is no Shikshana, there is no name, there is no Viva. I mean, they, like, okay, it's a, we go and it's a government school program, so we can see the government banner, but not our banner. So, what happened is over time, we developed this image within the system that uh, like our program now runs across the state, 50,000 schools. I don't think many of them know that it's the Shikshana Foundation. They call it Prerana Program and a lot of them refer to it as Prerana Foundation. It's okay. <laughs> as long as, as the essence of that, the core program is getting implemented across the state, we are perfectly fine with it. So I think that type of an attitude helps us with the higher level officials and bureaucracy and this approach of ensuring that we are not going to allow any teacher 
to out of our net you know kind of helps us to keep focused on that so heard from prasanna how important it is to work with the government to maximize the positive impact sikshana wanted to have today the prerna program that sikshana advocates works with four steps here's sunil nanjundappa senior director operations at sikshana talking about this in more detail sikshana's motivation program prerna helps students find joy in learning through four steps rewards and incentives safe to fail structured learning and deliberate practice sikshana stars are part of rewards and incentives students win stars by displaying positive behavior such as coming to school regularly participating in curricular and co-curricular activities etc once the students are in school peer learning and student club help build camaraderie and creates an environment wherein they are safe to fail which is our second step As students get used to learning, practice material developed by Shikshana is provided to guide students' efforts. This forms the third step, the structured learning. Now, to help students visualize progress and set their goals, we have created learning maps. As students acquire competencies, they earn corresponding stickers to build their learning maps. This is a way to recognize progress and help students in deliberate practice which is our fourth step in our motivational model. Let's get back to the interview now and hear from Prasanna a little more about how prerna or motivation actually works. You actually mentioned um a very important i feel the crux of the essence of sikshana which is motivation or prerna um tell us more about it because so i you know i i looked into sikshana i've looked at youtube videos i've talked with you way back in the time and it seems like a deceptively simple solution sometimes right so you go into these schools you look at what the school lacks you try to fill in the gaps it's as simple as that but yet it is cost effective and it is also replicable and all of this i feel is coming from that philosophy of you know what you mentioned of motivating all the stakeholders involved um so maybe break it down for our listeners so they can you know understand how how does sikshana work like what is sikshana like when it enters the school what is it what is the essence of sikshana that makes the difference for that school prasanna so yeah yeah so i think so that that is uh... it's extremely simple so that house has gotten me into a lot of trouble because uh, people think so what is the big deal <laughs> it's so simple you go and motivate children and the teachers and you know the so the, the thing is it's so fluffy i mean i can't even put it quantify it right it's, it's very difficult to quantify this but you can definitely feel it I, i'm sure when you visited schools with me you have felt that right so like i felt the first time i visited absolutely so yes yeah so that that feeling uh, but i cannot make everybody you know all our, all the viva volunteers to come and visit the schools to feel it but i'll do my best to kind of uh, explain this out so what we saw first is i'll give a couple of anecdotal things right so that you you'll understand so thing is when we for example go into a school and ask them is there a library here and they will say yes we have a library so shows the books and they'll open up the almara and and they give some books and you open it 
you are hit with a fresh book smell right at that point in time. That means nobody has touched that book. And you know, so that that's one thing. And then they show science lab. We have a science lab, sir. Okay, show. You can clearly see that those test tubes have not had one drop of water in it ever. Like it's frankly new, right? And so it, it's it's very clear that there are things in the school which are not being used at all. And typically NGO interventions or even government interventions always talks about giving inputs for benefit of the kids or the benefit of the teachers. It's like train, train, train the teachers as much as, you know, every other day they can train. And so the, the problem was like when things already in the school are not getting used, we felt that at least we, wish, we should not add anything more into this mix, which will again get unused. So rather let us focus on ensuring that whatever is there, it gets used. So simple thing was we set out a target for these schools. When we come and do an inspection, like we would give books, but if if the book is torn or is, is scribbled on it, then your school will get a prize. You know, so you get uh. basically if, if it's a used book smell, then there is a penalty. <laughs> Give, we'll give test use, we'll give this and all that, but if I see that if it's broken, then great, you know, you get a prize. But if, if it's brand new, so it's That's basically okay. started this type of an interaction. And then what happened was we started seeing that, okay, so a few schools, we could break that barrier. So one was very simple. Whenever something is given to the school as an input, there is an audit trial, whether it's a government or an NGO, whoever gives it, they want to come back and check on it. So what if, if it's not there, they may be in trouble. The best is keep it in a safe place so that when somebody comes and audits, it's always there. So ensuring that that this type of an audit is not what is what either NGO meant or even the government acts. Actually, if I talk to the IS, IS officers, they said, no, we would love exactly what you are saying. I mean, we would love the books to be torn or whatever, right? But the problem is the bureaucracy. There is that, you know, so we have, we have to handle that part, right? So and the other part is, what prevents these children from asking, look, there, there's a book right in front of them. Why can't they go and pick it up and read? Or, you know, the, or the teacher, what, what, what prevents that? So, and I talked about the earlier thing, right? Where anytime I visited schools, I would see a teacher teaching and the kids sitting in a classroom. But if you do any kind of assessment, you know that there is no learning happening. So why does this happen? So is there a delivery problem? I mean, the teacher is well-trained for a primary school teacher. There is an absolutely... That is not an issue. So what we saw was that that in the overall ecosystem, it's it's kind of a dull feeling that you, you go there. Everybody is going through the motions. So if everybody goes through the motions without you know any and and this kind of an audit in place, then you are definitely going to create this kind of a system where nothing, no learning is happening. So when we looked at it, we said, okay, let us try to motivate these people to use these things. So that's how that, that thing about, about Shikshana being a motivation program started that way. Because unless we motivate that, these, these children, nothing is going to happen. Then we realize that the teachers and children are just two aspects of the I mean, equation. What about the parents? If we don't include them in the motivation model, then we will lose, we will not gain much. Then it becomes, what about the school management committee? Because they, they kind of own the schools, you know, at... at, at in a, in a governmental system, I mean, they are part of that. It's like a, not just a simple parent uh, meeting, I mean, parent uh, committee. It's actually a committee which actually can fire a teacher if they want to. Mm. Unfortunately, 
don't know that they have that kind of a power, but that is they have, they have that kind of a power. And then, of course, the community around the school also is very important because then, otherwise, they, they, they look at it as something that they send their kids in the day and then they come back in the evening. And then, you know, most most of them being illiterate also, or just a few years of schooling, they feel that they can't add any value into this. But what we showed showed them was just you can motivate these people, these kids to learn. Right? So, so suddenly we saw that we we have taken over the entire community as uh, as our target to motivate. So, but when we did this, uh, we started a lot of things happening. So, what do we do to motivate a child? We give them very simple rewards like you know uh, small what we call as spot prizes. It can be a pencil and eraser, or now we have something called as a star that kids wear on their uniforms. You know, just a shiny star which is about five paisa each. So there, there are things like that. You you motivate children, and then and then what about the teachers? You have to now tell them like, look, I will give you a classroom full of excited kids. Now that should motivate you to start teaching better. And no teacher would deny it. I mean, so they would love that kind of an interactive classroom. So the teachers get motivated. Of course, we had. The best teacher award, where the teacher was visiting U.S. schools, you know, for a month. So we had all these kind of uh, uh, things to motivate the teachers. And the SDMC also we ensured that there is a inter-school competition, so that uh, how many schools from this, how many kids from this school went to Delhi, you know, like for example, as a, as a prize. And then then other uh, SDMCs or uh, you know school management committees in other villages would be wondering how come our none of our kids. Then we would tell them, look, you need to take do something about it. So then they got, you know, a part of it. They were like like running evening camps for children. You know, the community baking. I mean, sorry, not baking, cooking stuff and right. bringing it to the children. It was like you it's just magical. You can see that how little things, you know, can can have such a huge uh, motivation impact. So, and the best thing I can end, probably I'll end with that is that uh, uh, when me and Ramurthy walked into one school. Um, and then it's a one of the remotest school in Kanampura, and uh, Ramunti, you know, like, as soon as he began, he was like trying to kind of give a report on 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 what he has been doing with you know our intervention. But Ramunti just patted him on the back and said, you know, forget about those things. Uh, how are you doing? And that guy just literally started crying. Oh. So at that time, like, what happened? And he said, sir, for the first time. In my 20 plus years of teaching in this small village, somebody has come and asked me, "How are you?" So, is it as simple as that, right? Just that itself is can make wonders in a government school system. So, uh, so that is prerna for me. So, so it it is it is that we have to create. So, but I cannot go everywhere and pat somebody, or I cannot take Ramuthi everywhere and, and get this done, right? So, it's so how do you? Create a model. How do you create something within the system that can ensure something like this can happen? And uh, I mean, so we have all those things in place now. I mean, they, they, schools can showcase and and, and the peer uh, rate reviews happen, and they keep keep like we call it as thumbs up. So uh, if you give a thumbs up, and then they move up to the like from a cluster of schools, a school can come up to a taluk or a block, and from there to a district, and from the district, if a lot of other teachers like this. What one school is doing, they give us a thumbs up and then move to a state, which catches the attentions of the commissioner of education. So, it is it, it's exactly like what I saw on that you know school visit. So we have created these mechanisms now as part of the Prerna model, where 
in spite even if even if i have the one of the worst officers who visits a school and 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 does but but just the fact that they visit and they note down certain things will have a positive impact you know along the way so that that should motivate right so now taking that idea of uh, getting people excited and you know that personal thing and and modeling it into a way uh, in spite of whatever kind of people we have in the system the system becomes motivating right. you know so right now we have that so the, the prerna model is all about that where we get the ecosystem excited about learning but it's it's just a starter so that is what we call as level 1 of step 1 because we later found out very quickly that once they get excited how what do we do i mean you know how do they learn and then we realized that it's a shortage of teachers so we came up with a peer learning or you know a model where kids help each other out and also the teachers get that help and then once that started happening we realized that we were always not into pedagogy then we realized that what do they practice right and i can depend on teachers all the school teachers to give homeworks regularly so we came up with a concept of workbooks which is again been adopted by karnataka government across in class i mean 55 lakh students get these kind of workbook completely taken over by the government now so but we introduced a concept of creating that mechanism so that there is something targeted every week every day there is something that they have to do and there is an accountability factor in this and then once we did all of these we wanted the kids to move to the next level wherein they understand what is it that they want to become and there is a target there is a goal and if you have to achieve that there is an effort that they have to put in so track the effort track the goal and ensure that you know that whole cycle of owning their own learning is is, is happening so that in a nutshell is you know is a prerna right now but you are adding more layers to it but you know i think that yeah that should happen. yeah it's um so now you yeah go on scotland so in a, i mean as an as an observer and like what i uh, what i really liked in fictiona is that uh, before 1980 the, the education department in india was highly decentralized so teachers were from the same village the everybody whether rich or poor in a village went to the same school and uh, so where even a child who's below average got help from child who was uh, who was very uh, who was like from very good family who, who were able to, who was like you no know, whose parents were well read so today what fictiona whatever components that uh, prasanna was explaining to us they are all addressing all the problems of highly centralized education which uh, which came into force after 1980 especially when he said uh, see the child was the child who actually has to be in the central stage is nowhere so that's the reason the badges or the stars that the the, the shikshana gives to the child makes them feel important and the pure education today the entire uh, children who come to government schools are from the ultra poor background so today the child so it's like you know it is simple the shikshana role to identify a peer leader who's above uh, who's above average who can uh, teach the child who is unable to uh, perform so they have to identify so uh, and again the teachers as i mean as you were asking for an anecdote and uh, i think like you no know, prasanna mentioned it a few moments ago where he clearly said that unless the uh, teacher sees a bunch of excited motivated faces she won't be able to deliver so in in any highly centralized education what happened was the teacher 
also lost that motivation over a period of time. Though still teachers, I salute them, and I really uh, I've seen like at least 70 to 80 or 90 percent of the teachers amidst all these policy changes, they work towards the quality and they deliver the best. So, in fact, to just give you the context of our otherwise uh, Sikshana, what is there in Sikshana, these actually they are addressing a very core program problem in the Indian education system that is that is completely like worn out in the last four decades. I think that's the key here, and that's why motivation really matters the most. most. And as Prasanna said, inputs, like there are many educationists who come with, and even the Indian education system comes with a lot of uh, quality materials. But what was missing was what exactly Sikshana is addressing, and that's the reason anybody in the government is able to understand that and in fact they keep asking okay good like you have come up with the student motivation right. come up with the teacher's motivation as well yeah no that's um yeah no thank you for uh, pointing all of that out it's you took us from like a ch child's external reward system the external motivation of you know stickers etc to finally coming to that realization of what is it that I want to do, you know, having that goal and Sikshana is helping them get to that point of having that intrinsic motivation, right? Ultimately, you come to that point, but not just stopping at the child. You're talking about, you know, getting, bringing the teachers along in this journey and getting the parents and the community involved. And that's when this can work, right? That's when, when it, when everybody works together is what the power of this motivational prerna is um, it works for everyone and then everybody works for it together so it's it's really amazing to hear that from both of you from your perspective um, having said that I wanted to ask uh, Prasanna what are you looking forward to for Sikshana what's next what keeps you excited I'm sure there's so much but if you had to pick a couple <laughs> yeah yeah so uh... At, at some point, you know, like uh, I think Scott in referred to it. Whenever people used to ask me, why did you join Shikshana? I would say to shut it down. So basically what I meant was there should be no primary school in India that needs and help like like uh, like Shikshana Foundation to exist to help them because the system should be actually doing it. So that means we should not be... Uh, so in Karnataka, we, I mean, I, sometimes I feel like we have reached that point because in primary schools, I don't know what else we would like to do. Uh, so now, I mean, I know there's plenty more. We, we have STEM, we can, do, we can do a lot more, and we are doing, we are doing. We are getting into areas now, building up on the Prerana. So like we call it Prerana 2.0, for example, which again, Viva is also uh, uh, funding in other states that we are. So we, all the learning, so we never start with from scratch, wherever the new places we are going. Uh, we take all the learnings accumulated over the years and, and package it as a starter for the next state we enter in. So that way, there is no, uh, we don't have to go through this whole 10, 20, um, 12 years of uh, journey to get there. And we know that we, we what we, we have learned and what we should not be doing, and you know, we, we have learned all those things, so we can quickly accelerate on those things. So the thing is like, so Prerana itself is now evolving, and that it will keep evolving. Now we are adding science to it now this year, and uh, because of COVID, you are able, not able to scale it much, but still we are looking at a, a few thousand. So basically, now what has happened is what whenever I used to talk about a few tens of schools early days, now for me a pilot is a few thousand, uh, and, <laughs> and then pilot is not done by me. I 
piggyback on the government i tell them look i have this idea i don't know whether it will work or not uh, but i am going to pilot if you are willing to give me resources so very funny thing is happening i get at, at my disposal about 1500 uh, teachers now for example in a couple of districts uh, no cost to me and to manage that i need about 15 people like each one one for each block just to kind of oversee the whole program and we can do lot of these pilots and it makes sense to do it with them because at that scale only we can really figure out whether something works or not and uh, surprisingly you know government are open to these ideas you know that there are schemes within the program called innovative program so you know they can fund they are even willing to fund also these some of these pilots so we will continue to do that at the same time some of our kids from those days who have from 2007 onwards who have gone on to become engineers or you know uh, dentists i mean we don't have a medical doctor that i know of there i'm sure there are some which we don't know because we we don't have the scale in which we operate we are not be able to get all kinds of data about every child uh, because we now impacting more than 3 million children so it's it's, it's just not possible but if they come up and talk to me then i know that's how i know so like uh, one boy you know who who suddenly showed up at our office one day and said sir i have finished my engineering and i want a job and i want to work with you i said okay so any started talking about uh, how he see saw me in 2007 when i visited him in arcade school and things like that so we got inspired and he, he actually finished computer science and then he's, oh, he's wow. our employee now that's so, an amazing <laughs> story oh, goodness so <laughs> Yes, so and there are people who are just walking in now, and and down the street uh, she is pursuing uh, chartered accountancy, and she lunch hour she just came and introduced herself and said, "Sir, I'm one of in your schools in Kanakpura." So these things happen. Like now, during this phase, suddenly when I am talking to some of these kids who have come back, they they are attributing their success because of some because they used to keep meeting Shikshana staff. even though we were not in high schools or engineering college but they keep kept coming to our office they kept meeting our mentors our staff you know field staff whom we call as mentors and they were interacting with them and they were saying saying oh i spoke to him and he was able to help me during this occasion or i spoke to her and she helped us get through this confusion i had in my mind so suddenly i'm now looking at you know look, i used to get away by saying that look i have set up the base i don't know what the kids will do after 7 we have done our best with the foundation and they will go and achieve something and i used to get away from people asking me what next and all that but here i was seeing that without us knowing as as a program or anything kids kept in connection with my team and they kept and started getting help and they they, they in fact they attribute their later success in life also to the shikshana team you know so then i said okay so let us take all of these things and create a program which can help these kids at at later stages also so now we have youth skilling programs and then we know the deficit like like for example now i have hired about 6 engineers who have come out of government schools onto my team and the idea is very simple they are they are pretty good technically but they have lot of gaps which will prevent them from getting jobs in you know like an mnc or any software company in bangalore for example so what i am doing is now i i have them within my own team now they are working with us so i see the gaps that they have so based on all of that we are coming up with a new program for youth skilling so that it goes out and reaches like for example now we have launched a scheme this year uh, where we are going to reach about 1 and 1/2 lakh 
youth across the state of Karnataka in 6,000 gram panchayat. So the, now that is, now I have, school is one, right? So the, the, now I am operating at a different level, which is at a panchayat level. So if you can, one gram panchayat means it typically has about four to eight villages. So that's the captive. And then if I go in and operate at that level, when I'm doing skilling, I get a cross-section of every kind of, uh, you know, uh, learning that the child is pursuing, right? Whether it is a BCom, B.Ed, and uh, engineering or a diploma or an ITI or whatever it is. Now, otherwise, I'll have to go and vertically work in all one of them. If I want to really scale it up that way, but then so many MOUs, so many bureaucratic things and all those things. But here it's a very uh, good uh, way is because panchayat is a unit as per the constitution, right? It's, it's, it's as good as a government, a panchayat. They have so much powers. All the schools under them, they own it. All the colleges under them, they own it. I mean, they, the entire thing, they own it. And if we can make an impact there, and if we can show them that, look, you as, so this is, this is your village, our set of villages under you. These are the kind of youth you have, and these are the skill gaps that are there. And if we can address these and how your panchayat can, can improve. And we have something called as a, a skills marketplace that we are doing for all these panchayats. So it will tell us very clearly in each panchayat, what is the required skills and what is the, how many people have that skills. So then if any training is given, we only give those kind of fill up the gap. So it's in terms of philosophy, guiding us in this is still the old dictionality new about always trying to understand what the gaps are and just trying to address those gaps. So it's still the same mantra for us. And still the cost effectiveness is, is, is very much, I mean, currently uh, uh, in a recent uh, meeting uh, when uh, somebody has, we already have workbooks in our, uh, in our state. So what is the cost of Prerada? How much will it cost? I said, it's about, you need to spend about 10 rupees per child. And he said, uh, 10 rupees for how? I said, per year. It's like, what? <laughs> so that's what it takes. You know, in, in really for Prerada model, it's just, it's a very, very cost-effective model. I mean, so it, it doesn't take too much to get all these things happening at that scale because it's, you know, the volume and all that. So the same thing continues for us. Uh, you know, even in the grandpa, but in the skilling. So right now we are looking at that because that is the need of the hour now and there is a lot of potential. There is plenty of opportunity for youth to create their own small firms. I mean, so we have an entrepreneurship oh, mindset wow. program running and there are jobs available. So there is, I mean, it's it just wide open and, and, and the youth are there they're just itching to do something. If you don't do something, they'll spend their entire day on WhatsApp, you know, which is currently happening. So, like, for example, we've been running this for the last three Sundays now, uh, based on the feedback. Eight panchayats, you know, we had a 25 limit per panchayat for youth to register. We have exceeded that. So, we had to open up satellite centers. We have opened up on-demand learning so that they can learn when they're on their own on a smartphone if they have access to. We're cre creating digital devices library which we are also, uh, I'm hoping Viba is quite excited about that. We have sent a proposal to Viba also. We want to create a bank of digital mobile devices in, in each of these Gram Panchayat libraries. Okay, so when we talk about digital divide and all these things, trying to address it by, by child is not going to work. And nobody needs it. It's a right. disaster if we try to do that. So if you remember back in those days when there was one laptop per child, OLPC movement, Fictiona started something called as OLPS, one laptop per school, because we felt that a per child thing is not 
the most desirable thing to do so now what this is really working out so we have set up uh, as a sample four gram panchayats with digital devices kids come in they get one hour slot they borrow the device it's preloaded with all the content from grade 1 to 10 for example currently they can consume that and they return the device if nobody else is there they can use for the next one hour slot also so now from across the villages people are kids are coming in they're using it so now we don't need to worry about uh, access so so these are some of the things that you know we are really really excited about in you know, looking at the horizon you know, coming up in the next 2 3 years what we can do and uh, gets my team you know uh, excited and i'm i'm trying to ensure that uh, our donors like viva who's been there with us on the journey from day one or also on the part i mean not leave out okay i'm done with education let us wash our hands of that i mean this is a continual thing and i think there is lot of opportunity here and uh, that's that that is yeah, wonderful i'm so excited for sikshana to it seems like another quantum change coming up <laughs> we're going to talk about tipping points here to its uh, yeah wishing you all the success with this new <laughs> uh, new direction i guess that you are going into to um scotland um uh, you know how about you do you want to add anything to that yes not so much uh, i have now but definitely uh, when i used to meet our uh, founders uh, like you know the partner organizations i used to ask them what is your vision because uh, we above want to translate that and like you know when i and rhino presena wants to scale across the nation so let's see, let's see how many more states we could uh, take uh, sectiona and uh, that that probably is uh, is uh, our vision together yeah that's exciting and um, you've been the champion from what i can see of working with the government and you know getting this model that you've seen working out to as many states as possible successfully so that's really exciting do you have um, do you know which states um we are looking to get into which states are we already in could you update uh, our listeners uh, with that right now we are in uh, i mean anyways vishikshna uh, was founded in karnataka so they have scaled across the state but otherwise right now we are in telangana tamil nadu andhra pradesh gujarat and of course maharashtra uh, and definitely we are looking up uh, you know to other uh, states where uh, the education is very backward i don't want to name it but definitely one or two in the northeast and definitely chatisgarh jharkhand or wherever like uh, the key here here again is whichever uh, state is open to non profits and uh, i think they will will make it very easy otherwise if there is a need definitely we'll ensure that um, will um, that there's going to take some more time to penetrate into that state but definitely we will make it one day that is going to keep you busy i'm sure reaching out to all these different <laughs> um schools and um, states uh, to get a model like this to work wonderful i'm excited for both of you as you you know take this model out to as many you know geographically out there um following the students through their career you know not just in uh, school but as they step out into the professional world um it's exciting to hear um before i end i wanted to ask you guys um our listeners are also volunteers donors um people who want to be a part of 
all the excitement and all the motivation um, that Sikshana is creating. Um, what would you, what is your message to them? How can we help? What, what would be your words to our uh, volunteers? Scotland, maybe we can start with you and go to Prasanna. Yes. See, uh, to me, it is, it, even all these things happened with a great effort from volunteers, with, from Vibha. It's, I will never take any credit for uh, taking, uh, taking this model to other states, especially we have a vo long-time volunteer, Vinita, uh, who, who has really made it happen in Telangana. So, uh, I mean, right now, like, uh, there is Sandeep Kapil, every, uh, I mean, just to name a few, uh, and we have Dashan Patel in Gujarat. So, to me, how I, uh, when I say, like, we want to make this model work across the nation, Definitely volunteers, and I mean, whether they are in the U.S. or in India, they will, they are currently playing a key role, uh, even in day-to-day -day operations, uh, remotely, and uh, it really helps, it brings down our burden who are on the field uh, to make it happen. So definitely, like, all our volunteers, I think, like, it is just because of the volunteers, I was able to even do, take uh, Sikshana this far in terms of funding, uh, in terms of uh, giving a lot of support. I think volunteers can pitch in. I mean, if you are from, uh, from, uh, from others, I mean, from your, if you are from Jharkhand, Chhattisgarh, or Bihar, you can always, like, you know, touch base with the Indian team and tell us, like, okay, uh, we want to scale it here. And I'll, we'll be the first people to explore that as well. So never I leave volunteers, I mean, whether irrespective of the geography, now, digitally, or all, all of us are connected. I think uh, project leads and the project U.S. I mean, volunteers of Diba play a critical role in the growth of both Sikshna and Diba. No, that's that's great. Um, it's a it's a great reminder for all our volunteers from wherever they are to you know to think about what they can do in their wherever they came from, and also to do these project visits. Right? Like I think. Prasanna, you mentioned that was your journey in. I know once you visit uh, any kind of a, any project that you're supporting, the connection you feel is completely different. It changes. It changes you in a way. And Scotland, I could see that from your passion as well. Uh, so thank you for reminding us about that. Prasanna, do you have anything else to add to our volunteers who are waiting to jump in and make a difference? Yeah, I mean, so uh, there is... Uh, Plenty. I mean, you know, so back in the days when we were limited to a few schools, I could only offer something, right? I mean, and, and we were not as connected as, as now we are now. Uh, when we say uh, now, I mean, we even tried doing a, a, a video conference with one school village in uh, Kanakpura with a team in uh, Viba in the Bay Area. I think. So back, I mean, back in 2008. And with whatever technology we had, it had some impact, but you know, we, but now a lot more things are possible, right? I mean, because of connectivity. So there are plenty of things that they can do. And then, like I said, digitally, because a lot of things are possible now. Um, so that opens up a whole new gamut now. Like if I'm putting um, digital devices in every gram panchayat, and that means potentially the entire state, youth in the state can reach out and, and consume these things, then what will they consume? I mean, there is plenty of things out there, but are they all relatable to them? I mean, no, definitely not. So, like a bulk of things, for example, you know, 
volunteers i know across bihar they have people from all over india and you know, i mean or origin from all over india so that means they can speak so many different languages and what is missing now is there is plenty of content in english but when it comes to mother tongue very limited especially if you look at quality there is hardly anything right so that is an option where remote volunteers can really help out in a, in a very big way and this can be simple like 10 minute video module on let us say a simple life skill that they would like to order how to, how to talk in front of i mean anything right so they just create these modules and we have a a, a system set up to get it distributed across everywhere so like we put it up on a server and on on the client side the kids actually manage we have launched it across with 1000 uh, tablets now in in some schools and kids manage content on their own uh, devices okay. they come to a wifi zone they they remove unwanted stuff they take the new things from the server and once that so it's it's they they figured it out <laughs> they are lots smarter than Uh, you know anyone of us i think now the young kids so they can figure out all of these things very quickly and easily and they are they are able to do it so i think uh, i would never have asked for these things uh, you know three years prior or even a year ago i mean the covid has changed a lot of things now and uh, everybody including the government system and everything is getting more uh, digitally aware and then the hybrid classrooms and blended learning all these things that used to be only talked talked about in us is is quite possible in a, a small village in arkere in kanakpura you know so it's it's, it's 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 we are getting there that means ability to contribute i know on those days i was only used to ask for money and you guys as a, a team you were raising money for us so one is that I mean, so those things can still happen there are multiple ways and then if you are on a visit the project site visit is i think is extremely uh, beneficial not just Now for the viva as an organization but for our own i feel like you don't have to quit what you are doing and come back and do what i am kind of, but it it will open up a lot of perspectives i, I think you know it will change our understanding of the system and then maybe a better way to help out i mean that can come from the volunteer themselves so i think those are plenty of opportunities how exciting that's um... yes sandeep just one more line uh see especially like you know with this pandemic it has also opened up opportunities where right now like you know we have virtual meetings with children with virtual meetings with officials everything is happening virtually so not necessarily volunteers have to um, make a physical visit even if they don't come to india visit india for multiple years still they can stay connected and because only when you listen and when you when you become part of that journey of a project then that gives you the insight uh, to even talk about the project otherwise wherein with with reports with all those uh, and the secondary information it's very hard to talk to a patron or a donor so the more you involved virtually is also more than enough and definitely as prasanna uh, rightly said now the very big opportunity is governments are becoming more uh, they are like uh, taking digital education very seriously in the pandemic and there is a very big scope for volunteers for volunteers to uh, give their professional skill sets as well uh, in terms of, i mean i don't want to get into details but what i'm saying is as krishna said it is not just con- it's not about giving funds in every way you, the volunteer can be involved in or right from operations or right from uh, giving your professional skill sets to the project i think that would make the momentum faster if we want to scale across nation because it's like 
we go to places where you can't go we do things where what you can't do but definitely to get together we can do something this is um it's actually just opened up so many doors for me in my head as i as you guys talk because this whole i mean it's not just uh, in india prasanna even here with our kids school with in the us too um the going digital has suddenly changed something right whether it's in the workplace or whether it's in the schools the um, so somehow it feels like there's there's a gaps that were there you don't have to take them for granted anymore suddenly there's another medium to close them um so hopefully this will spark more ideas from our volunteers who are listening and will come up with even more ideas you gave us some great ways to contribute so um with that note um i want to say thank you so much for your time it's hard to like summarize everything um and talk about section 9 in such a short time it's it's a project as you hear as you heard has gone over multiple years has seen so much change has jumped in leaps and bounds and become something very pervasive right now and it's so pervasive that as prasanna you said it's sometimes it's not even there right it's um, like you don't know it's section 9 it's there um and that motivation is there so it's um, the the essence of sikshana is there and hopefully that's touched all of us too um with your passion both scotland you you and prasanna hopefully that passion has touched all of our listeners and we can all go forward and help in making a difference um thank you for your time if there anything else you want to add please feel free um but yeah just wanted to thank say thanks from the bottom of my heart oh thank you uh, very much for giving this opportunity and uh, like you're all part of, so when i when you talk about shikshana i mean you have to understand that shikshana's growth is also dilbas growth and you guys are part of it and, and together like spartan said whatever you have achieved is is a cumulative effort from all of us in whatever ways you have contributed without realizing i think I, some of you who have probably i don't know let's say just say you have funded uh, under vibhas shikshana program back in 2012 without realizing how what it can do but you know like actually it happened uh, you know when we looked at uh, a presentation to one of our big csr donor a decade of you know them being involved and we realized that they had put in 3 million dollars over 10 years okay and they are reaching 3 million children so if you just break it down they have actually invested 1 dollar for 10 years per child and that and and that's it so i i mean i, I think you know somewhere when we do all of these things you know somewhere it, it helps us to realize that uh, otherwise we'll we'll be caught up in you know i don't know whether this this that you know i don't know i gave a small 1000 dollar contribution you know and you know i i so now that definitely i can tell you has has impacted is in a major way so uh, thank you all for all the time i mean even the runs that you have done or a small fundraiser i have attended a few of those whenever i was visiting us and and i was part of all those deliberations and meetings and and in in addition to that uh one more thing is also some of the ideas that have happened in shikshana has been because of a interaction with the viva volunteers also so be aware of that also it's not like i sit here and idea comes something or my team sits and just comes up with something it's a it's again all of these things are it's it's a cumulative 
So whenever Vijay has come in, I'm sure he has asked me a few, uh, you know, questions, uncomfortable questions, which make me think. Okay, so he's asking, so I need to. So the, I'm talking about back in those days when you know, uh, when they used to be regularly visiting schools with me, Rajesh and Vijay and Sandhya, you and all. So it, it's always good. So I I think that the the journey of Shikshana is, is as good as you know for you guys also. You have been part of this. So thank you very much uh, for taking this program to millions of children. I mean, I know I am not worried about where the organization is, but I can definitely tell you those millions of children appreciate everything thank that you, you guys have done. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time. And uh, yeah, it's been a wonderful partnership through, as you mentioned, through all the different stages for Vibha and Sikshana. So hopefully our partnership keeps you know, continuing and we both continue to grow in different ways, but yet the same because we have the same goals. <laughs> thank you. Talking with Prasanna and Scotland made me feel empowered. Sometimes a small change with the right attitude can make a big difference. In the year 1887, a blind and deaf child in Tuscumbia, Alabama had a new teacher. The child had not had much success with her previous teachers. She was thought to be wild, unruly, bright, but impossible to teach. But this particular teacher would not give up. After many attempts to teach the meaning of words, this teacher had a breakthrough. As she poured water over her students' hands, she wrote out water on her arm. Suddenly, her student understood. She understood that words have meanings. There was no looking back after that. She was the first deaf-blind person to earn a bachelor's degree. She published 12 books, co-founded a charity, spoke at several world events, and even won a Presidential Medal of Freedom. The student was Helen Keller and the teacher, Anne Sullivan. When no one else was there, it was Anne who stood by Helen's side, held her hands over her own mouth, taught her to read lips, learn literature, speak, and make a lasting impact in the world. She was there. Anne was Helen's motivation, and like Anne, we all have an opportunity to be that motivation for someone else. What it needs foremost is the desire to help, to care, and to be there. news for all you listeners. On November 14th this year, Vibha Bay Area is back to an in-person Dream Mile Marathon. So all of you who have been waiting to feel the collective energy of this flagship event, registrations are open. Details are included in the episode notes. I'm getting my running shoes ready. Hope to see you all there. As we end our conversation today, I hope each of you can find that spark of motivation for yourself and for those who might need it. And together, we can bring about new beginnings, new change. We 
वी होप यू एंजॉयड दिस एपिसोड ऑफ विभा कनेक्शन प्रोड्यूस बाय द विभा बे एरिया टीम मोनिका एरांडे पन्ना चौधरी यश दुआ दीपक चंद्रशेखरन प्रमोदा शेट्टी एंड मी संध्या आचार्य अंटिल नेक्स्ट टाइम स्टे एंगेज विद विभा कनेक्शन